Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the 909 Podcast. Hi everyone. This is a very different uh, experience for us this week. Not only is it strange, but I'm also here in the middle of the day. Yes. Which also, which feels weird as well. Um, we are a couple of hours after uh, basically Ireland has been put into a, a sort of semi-lockdown mm-hmm. in form of uh, various things that have happened. Um, the uh, We all watched uh, Taoiseach Leo Radker. Current Taoiseach. Um, <laughs> not currently rotating. No, not though, rotating yet. Though d- didn't didn't it the announcement coming from Washington give it that extra bit of like oomph? Yeah, he's like, this is the end of days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was watching it. I couldn't get the RTE player to work on my laptop, obviously. Uh, so I was watching a stream of it on Facebook, on like RTE's Facebook. Yes, that's what and, we and, when you watch those streams, you know, the way you see all these like comments in the side, which are just fantastic to read because you really get to know the people. And uh, some lad was like, yeah, the country's in crisis while, while Leo Varadkar is over there on his holidays. Couldn't make it up. And I was like, on his holiday, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, just, yeah, so I, I switched to Twitter where you can't see the comments. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, so what's happening is that, uh, okay, so all week we've been talking about as as a person who puts on events, and uh, we kind of knew something was coming in terms of the country closure due to coronavirus, COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. Um. So all the schools and colleges, childcare facilities, and cultural institutions have closed until March nineteenth. As well as all public gatherings of people more, more than, than one hundred, if indoors, and more than five hundred if outdoors. 
Yeah. So, so how does this affect you now? Uh, well, okay. I mean, other than the actual, like, how, how people are currently panic buying toilet roll from the mm. local Tesco and, and little, um, on a practical level and from a work level, uh, yes. So we had a gig uh, tomorrow in Lost Lane, which we'd sold tickets for, and we were all set to go ahead. I spent the last two days agonizing whether I should pull it or go ahead with it. Um knowing that at most the number of people that would be uh, attending would be 200. And when I started to see, I should say, all the performers, uh, so we had like God Knows, uh, Rory Bantam, Denise, all of the PX music crew from Limerick, uh, so many different people. We had 14 different people on stage, Farah El, Sunita from Shukra. This was all going to go ahead. It was it was looking like it was really good. Everyone was up for it. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, will we do it? Will we do it? Okay. But earlier this week, um, some of the bigger events started to cancel. Yeah. So the likes of um, there's a, there was a big defected kind of night in, which is a funny word, um, <laughs> um, in uh, Nice Racecourse. So all of the out, big outdoor events mm. uh, got got cancelled. There was a cabal uh, big gig in Limerick, uh, or as sorry, well as Ennis. The, the St. Patrick's Festival as well. And then the St. Patrick's Festival as well. And that was the parade. And so our event is part of the St. Patrick's Festival. Yeah. So um, they'd given us some financial assistance in order to pay the acts because um, we're bringing 14 people in and yeah. we wouldn't be able to keep ticket price down and also break even without even having an extra. Uh, so they gave us a thousand euro. Right? Mm -hmm. So that was all to pay for everybody. Um, and so <laughs> currently, um, so it was a very strange situation the last couple of days. And then I found uh, smaller promoters were starting to cancel their events and the alternating current canceled their three day festival in yeah. the sound house. All as a precautionary measure, I talked to so many different promoters and people in the last few days about what we should be doing. And it's hard sometimes when you do this on your own, you're kind of like, you know, myself and Luke were chatting about it in the office today and yesterday. And we're like, well, what do we do? Um, I mean, we go, like, we go ahead until the government tell us otherwise. And that's what exactly what happened today. Um, the government have advised that all those um, gigs it's it's kind of crazy it's like the uncertainty that that is creating not just here but uh, everywhere else like I had a text from a lighting designer who's like my my schedule's been cleared until August yeah. pretty much you know like and no I know one knows on what's going to happen with with summer festivals and I know yesterday like for example which we'll get on to the electric picnic talk but Melvin Ben being um, a dose strong headed strong dose headed <laughs> um, absolute dose talking about uh, how he doesn't care this is all be uh, this is all going to be blown over in the next 9 weeks and the arrogance of it yeah. kind of um, and you people will find something else to write about yeah what, what <laughs> how dare journalists like write about the news drinking his own Kool-Aid there what yeah. the hell come on anyway anyway um, we'll get to that that is so yeah currently uh, anything that's happening between now pretty much and until March 29th is not happening anymore. Yeah. And uh, that has a huge knock-on effect for where people are all be told to work from home. Um, it has a huge knock-on effect for coffee shops, restaurants, self-employed shop, people, self freelancers, people, freelancers, well. Jesus. Because I know, I know for myself, I've had some really nice emails from some editors that I work with today, sort of just reassuring people that whatever we can do if there's interviews that we have or if there's pieces that we can write from home to absolutely pitch them in like it's now's now's the time to do it we're at home but I am very 
privileged in that I can work from home as a freelancer. Many photographers, like you mentioned, lighting people, like session musicians, all of these jobs are, you know, like the whole cultural landscape is just paused. And these people, they don't, while they might love their jobs, they they're not doing it for the goodness of their health. They're doing it to pay rent and they're doing it to pay bills. So what, like, what I would say, if there's anybody out there who is in a position to support uh, people who might have a couple of difficult months, God knows how many months ahead, um, if you can hire them for something, go go with the smaller guy. Don't go with the big yeah, guy. There's you know? so many opportunities for so many people being cancelled already or postponed or rescheduled. Mm. And when you don't have regular income coming in, that yeah. is a big worry. It's huge. Yeah, and the the government have outlined um, a plan to financially assist self-employed people in that they they will be able to get it's either job seekers benefit or it's this new thing that would be the same amount as job seekers benefit as someone who's been on job seekers benefit. It's not a lot of money, and it it does not cover the cost of rent in Dublin. Um, no, not for, for anybody sure. that I I know. So yeah, if anyone's out there that can help people out, do it. Um, yeah. Oh, also, just one other thing, um, which I think ha- has been going around, but it's probably good to mention it again, is that the Irish Cancer Society has had to cancel Daff- Daffodil Day, which is their biggest um, uh, fundraising day. So you can text um, to give four euro to the Irish Cancer Society. So maybe look into doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy and no one knows what's going on. It's really scary. And I tried not to touch anything on the bus on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. I've, I've, you saw me coming in the door. <laughs> I've, I've run out of antibacterial uh, gel pretty yeah. much. Soap works the same. I know. It's the yeah. same thing. It's, it's just antibacterial just gel easier. is just, yeah. It's the one thing that I learned it. this week that I wish I hadn't because of all this mm. is that some people call the middle of their fingers webbing. And I'm like, that this is bit. gross. Yeah, webbing. Oh, as in like get in there and wash the yeah, webbing. In the webbing, you're like, <laughs> am I a duck? Am I a, what is going but on like, here? Look at it, it is kind of. Look, I just never heard it being described before. It Not is... on fingers, I suppose on toes. I used, <laughs> I used to know a guy who had webbed toes. Oh. Yeah. It's like those shoes you see when you're younger, or when you're younger. When I when I saw them for the first <laughs> when, time. When you were younger. <laughs> I think I'm traumatized still from, from the first time I saw them. But you know those like, uh, what would you describe them? They're supposed to be really comfortable, but they look gross. They're like, they, they're kind of. Crocs? Like, no, like the webbed kind of ones that, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, mold yeah. to your feet. Oh, yeah, they, they go on to your feet like gloves go on to your hands. Yeah. Gross. Uh, gross. Weird. <laughs> Don't know how we got onto this. Um, just, but you know. There we go. Wash your hands, general hygiene. Wash your goddamn hands. Yeah. yeah. Please wash them. <laughs> so, um, practically for us, I mean, on? you know, we're going we're gonna to be working from home for the next while, mm. next two weeks, and. There's no events happening. Our Lumo, uh, our regular Lumo event in Tengu next week is cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, a nice little source of income for me usually. So, you know, I mean, that's only just a personal thing, but you know, that's going to happen for a lot of different people. Yes. And restaurants are going to struggle. Um, coffee shops are going to struggle when people aren't at work. Uh, city centre is going to look very strange. Um, yeah. All, um, and necessarily so, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. We just it's unprecedented know. and we're we're good stock here and we're doing it early um, and we're setting a good example for other countries. So I think we all just need to like stay calm and not panic by anything 
um, and just just ride it out and stay safe. Yeah, we'll be fine. Hands. We'll be fine. Yeah. It'll all be fine yeah. uh, for most of us. <laughs> what won't be fine? Okay. Is transition is the electric picnic lineup, which is garbage. Uh, so yes, the electric picnic lineup came out yesterday. Um, and we had had a prediction post up uh, last month and like we did a lot of work on that. Oh yeah, of course. I shouldn't even bring it up because we did so bad. <laughs> like I'm still, I still feel like one or two. Yours was such a better festival though. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, even then it was like, it was pretty lame. We had a Tame Impala, which mm. is not lame. Le- tame, not lame. Um, but, and then we had the likes of Liam Gallagher and Stormzy and stuff and Miley Cyrus was possibly mentioned in a major laser. None of those came true. I I, I hear them. you mentioning some women there, Niall, and oh, I think that was your that was that. your first mistake. So stop me when I mention a woman. Okay. <laughs> Raise Against the Machine, Snow Patrol, The Chemical Brothers, Picture This, Lewis Capaldi, Annie Mac. Up, 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 That's the first one. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, uh, Bicep, Foles, Ian Brown, James Vincent McMorrow, Mabel. Ding, ding, ding. Rick Astley. <laughs> Rick Astley. <laughs> Run the Jewels, Skepta, Anna. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Dean Lewis, Declan McCandless is getting down to the third. Uh, Denzel Curry, Helena Hauff. Yep. Uh, I Hate Models, J.I.D., uh, Jeff Mills. You're counting the women here? Yeah. Joy Crooks. Yep. Uh, ding, ding, ding. JPEG Mafia, Little Sims. Ding, ding, ding. Lyra, yeah. Matador, Paula Temple, uh, Reggie Snow, 070 Shake, uh, 100 Gex, uh, Ethan Essa Francis, April, Arlo Parks, be the boat, be the dobe. <laughs> I can't even, I don't even know you say that properly again. Uh, Black Country New Road, a great band that I saw in January. Uh, Frank Moody, Gum, um, Green Tea Peng, uh, Kalo, Just Mustard, uh, Lola Young, Luz, uh, Mira May, Mia Follock, Pip Mellis, Rena Samwawa, Ramir, Saint Sister. Uh, Magic Gang, The Lathams, and Wallows. How many we got? Did you count that there? Twenty-one. Twenty-one or ish. I think we might have missed one or two because I think we count we count twenty-two or twenty-three yesterday. That's about there's about fifty something on that list. We can uh, count Saint Sisters two women, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Fine. Um, it's not great, is it? Well, okay. So there's plenty of um, women in the down in the lineup right way down way down but there's nothing up top at all Absolutely and not. yesterday melvin ben said what did he say do you, do you have the quote what did he say um he, he basically said there, like no, um there's no women there's no women turn at the moment is what he said he, yeah he tried out that old line it was it was very much a we're aware of the criticism that there's no women but there are simply no women touring. uh yeah. that's not a direct quote but i mean <laughs> which is just wrong um, but so. it's also just frustrating because you know Primavera earlier this year when their lineup was was announced, um, Deputy Music Editor of the Guardian, Laura Snapes, tweeted and and followed up with their previous um, kind of what's the word uh, saying that they were dedicated to having at least yeah, a fifty fifty gender normal, dial. Right, yeah, the new normal. and they said that was the new normal. And then this year, when their lineup came out, they said, "Yeah, we're basically not making a song and dance out of it because this is the new normal going forward." Yeah. And it was like, "Yeah, that's great. That's that's how it should be." And then our biggest festival, 
are the festival that Ireland is known internationally for hosting just doesn't bother just doesn't just doesn't think there's any women yeah Roisin Murphy yeah well she's playing all together now oh no body and soul you know um but there's the likes of it's it's the important thing that you know you, you're not even considering that this is he's just been so bloody minded in this for the last four or five years yeah. that he's not, he won't listen to people about it. Yeah. I think the question is right um, when you have a huge um, big company like Festival Republic making decisions and you need visionaries, you need people who have uh, the ability to go. You know what we need to do? We need like John Rollins was one, right? Mm. He uh, he's the kind of person who who would get special kind of shows, have considerations for a special kind of uh, people, visibility and representation, all that kind of stuff. And you know, if you have like it's a very corporate festival now, yeah. and corporate bookings, like it's also safe. Well, the thing. Look at that lineup, and just forget about the fact that there's no women headline for a second. Yeah, this is boring. It's as so fuck. boring. But like, I, I think that there is a fundamental issue here, which is that this festival and others like it sell out before the lineup is announced, and there is therefore no recourse and no ramifications from having lazy bookings and not committing to gender equality. If this was. If this lineup was released today and the tickets went on sale tomorrow, I don't think they'd sell out yeah. on, the, off, on the back of that. I, I don't think there's, there's any way that they would sell out off the back of that lineup. It's safe. It's boring. It's, I I know that um, Stephen Byrne from Golden Plaque replied to a, to a tweet of mine saying, ma- ma- making the point that um, this is a festival for the people who voted Westlife for Song of the Year last week. But I, but but I think that there's no point in just kind of perpetuating problematic bookings over and over and over and over again and just giving people lazy lineups. People are paying good money to go down to Strad Valley, you know? Well, to me, this to is... To see Snow Patrol? Yeah. No offense. Like, love the lads. Good on them. But when were the last time the Snow Patrol were, rele- were a relevant booking? There's no way they should be headlining a mm. festival like uh, like like the numbers of le- that electric picnic does there's absolutely no way yeah i would agree with that i think um there is nothing really here that would inspire anyone and that's rage against machines a great booking like the, don't get me wrong that's that's great fine. it's fine but like the whole thing is so bland like i mean basically if there's just not much variation there either there's no you know last year they had Billy Irish one of the main headliners but like didn't Picture This play last year like didn't they play last year I think didn't so didn't they headline last I year I think so they played the main stage last year yeah and here they are again and the fucking inevitable we got Lewis Capaldi again yeah you know like he played two shows in the three arenas so you know that makes sense fine look oh, like hugely popular I'm fine with Lewis Capaldi and I'm fine with Rage Against the Machine the other headliners I'm just Chemical like, Builders, you know, they always put on a oh, good show. on, every festival, yeah, well, though, like, it people, gets to the stage. In fairness to like, them, people love them. But it's I, it's them. always either Chemical Brothers or but Fat they Boy Slim. they shouldn't be the main no. headliner. No. They shouldn't be put, a main Put them headliner. in a tent. Even, even just logistically on the night, they do better in a tent. Yeah. Like, it's annoying. Yeah, I have absolutely, like, if, if I didn't want to go to Electric Picnic before, this is the nail in the coffin for me. You couldn't yeah. pay me to go down. 
If there's any editors out there who want hey, to take listen, down, you can pay me. <laughs> there's not even Nile Rodgers and Sheik on this. Yeah, what lineup. the hell? What the hell? Give the people on? what they clearly want. You know, and then, you know, we'd know they're the likes of, well, Jua Lipa's playing her own show, so I didn't expect her to play, but um, Calvin Harris, we heard about maybe, might mm. be playing. These all could be added as well. Um, any other female acts now? I can see on it that'll be higher up that might be. I think Florence Dance Machine is touring. She played last year, so why not? Yeah. It doesn't seem to be a problem for them. <laughs> um yeah. It's there's low, it's, look, it's pretty low, it's, like. it's pretty tame at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And it also just doesn't seem to know what it's trying to be in terms of There's no that's what I mean. That's what I mean. There's no vision there. there. There's, there's no, no vision. vision. There isn't. Um it's just like a piss these up are all field. acts that we already have on the roster in terms of uh, Ireland, and uh, we've pl- put on gigs with them recently. So that's what that's what happens. They give yeah. you those two big big gigs, and that you know it just is doesn't make for a great festival. It doesn't at all. So it doesn't. Yeah, very disappointing. Very bland um, lineup from the picnic, I would say. Um, and the less said about that, the better. Probably for now. I mean, obviously they're going to add a lot of things on it, but definitely, geez. I mean, he was just tone deaf to the fact that he was like, there's no female headliners. It was, yeah. like, it was like, are we still on this? Are we still on this? Yeah. You know, like, bland, 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 bland. Stale and male. That's, stale what, that's what's going male. on there. What wasn't stale and male, I'm killing the links hey. today, was last week's Choice Music Prize. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. Um, so, so I'd like you to... What so, would you like? To well, know? I'd like to know how the performances went because I missed everything except Mick Flannery and the last Fontaine's DC song. And why did you miss that? Because I was a judge. Yes, you. Were I was over in Bim eating lovely food, drinking wine, an amount of wine, small and amount of wine, small amount of wine, and. Um, yeah, by the time we got over, Fontaine CC were just starting their last song, which I caught. Actually, thought they sounded great. Not a fan of theirs, but yeah, thought they, they thought they sounded really, really good. They are a good live band. Yeah, um, and then Mick Flannery, who was fine, but um, at that at that stage, the the night was I kind was, of winding down. It was a weird one to end on. I think it was very strange, but he he was basically doing a gig elsewhere. And that's why he came in. Was that why? Because he wasn't supposed to play that slot. No, he was supposed to be to the... on at least second last. Yeah. And then he got moved to, to the end. And that's right. when I came in when the Fontaines were playing their last song. Because I, I, okay, full disclosure. <laughs> so the bunch of us went uh, from the office, mm-hmm. uh, myself, uh, Kelly and Luke, and um, my friend Simon as well. And we had seats upstairs and we were watching and... Uh, we were there. We missed. We missed Maya Sophia in the end because she was no. on. She was on first. Heard great things. We were eating pizza right around the corner from the fest, from uh, from the venue. This is disgraceful. Look, it's not our fault. It took disgraceful ages. Disgraceful reporting. It here. took ages. Um, and then yeah, we missed that. We got in for the second act, who was Junior Brother. Okay. Um, and we saw everything from there okay that's that's not too bad okay i thought you were gonna say you only got in at fontaine's dc <laughs> like no, me no. no we saw everything uh it's always a good night i mean obviously lancome and uh, gerban weren't playing um lancome obviously the eventual winners of the yes, choice music prize yeah. um one of the things you might have missed and maybe you've heard about it since was the song of the year uh <laughs> obviously heard about i this. was devastated i miss louis and i was devastated i didn't get to meet him it's my well, dream do you to know get what? a picture with Louis Walsh. It was one of those things, like, I, I saw him floating around uh, when I was walking around uh, earlier, uh, when I just came into the venue, and I realized, 
oh, he's here for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Westlife with one song of the year, which is the public vote thing. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. And uh, there were booze in the room when he, oh, he, no. he, he when it was announced that Westlife won. Uh, I don't like that. And then Louis didn't ingratiate himself much further. <laughs> I saw what he said. He's like, uh, oh, McDermott asked him, so who do you think is going to win the album prize? He's like, oh, I think it should be Dermot Kennedy or Hosier. They're both That's great. Like... Or picture this. And he's like, and I was like, no, none of those. It's like nominated. when when Trump was disappointed that Gone with the Wind didn't win Best Picture yeah. at the Oscars well, in 2020. It's like the, Ram, the Rami Malek thing where he's like, uh, oh yeah, at uh, is it Jimmy Fallon where he's like, so what 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 are your favorite Bond movies? And he's like, oh Doctor No, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like all like, the big ones. Oh, oh, I just all all of them really. Oh. It's like, what's what's your favourite Beatles album? Best of the Beatles. Best of the Beatles. Love the Best of the Beatles. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, I didn't I even was, know what was going on. I was devastated to have missed Louie you now. I'm, I'm sad to hear there was booze. I didn't know that. I don't like booing generally. Uh, it was mild booze, but I think yeah. it just shows the respect that nobody has for the <laughs> Song of the Year prize. No, no. But meanwhile, tell me about the process then for you um, in terms of how you were ex- you went in expecting, you did a lot of homework on it. I did a lot of homework on it, yeah. I listened to every single one of those albums many, many, many times. I've been living with them. Um, I will say I haven't gone back to a single one of them in the week since. That I'm, is totally understandable. I'm taking a break. Um, so I'll be honest, I went in expecting Lancome to win. In my in my head and my heart, I just I thought that it was the most reasonable winner, uh, the live long day that is, um, and the thing, the album that would unite the room. And I I go in having only met, only know in person one other judge, and that that was Claire Beck, um. But I have to say the discussion in the room was incredible. There were people, you know, really, really making wonderful cases for albums that I might not have spent as much time with. Mick Flannery, for example. Not 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 that I didn't spend as much time with it, but albums that I didn't find myself wanting to go back to as much. Um, I'm not that wild about the Mick Flannery release. Yeah, it's certainly um, not for me and I it I, was definitely a surprise and I was surprised going into the room how many voices were kind of bigging it up um but when it kind of came down to it it was between like it was first down to five and then it was down to three and then it was down to two and then it was then it was Lancome but it very easily could have been another album and I don't know if I should say uh, it's up to you Should I? if you want to say it I don't know I don't I was know. telling everyone at the after party anyway, but well I know I know what it that's is that's different yeah no, was, uh, may, we, maybe I won't say um, we were pleased for, let's just say for the band I'd, I'd rather not, well well, we know it was a band uh, but was yeah. it a band yeah what was, was it a band oh sorry sorry no sorry right in the final three there was two bands and one artist yeah and then the final two was band and artist sorry yeah yeah right so I yeah. Uh, is it giving too much away to say that uh, this person might have been a recent guest on the podcast? Yes. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Make of that what you will, listener. Yeah. Um, but like but, one. But, the, but it it was so easily could have gone any way from, from that, you know. And uh, and we were all given our our opportunity if if in, in the in the voting 
if our favorite artist got knocked out, we were given the opportunity to take a bullet for the artist and try to convince the rest of the room, which was really fun, which which I did for for an artist who was knocked out uh, in between five and three. I was myself and um, and another judge were nearly on the table, just imploring people to to reconsider. But unfortunately, um, the caliber was just too high. Like, it, yeah, we, we kept saying it and it, it we kept kind of having to say, look, I know we sound like broken records, but it was so difficult. But once we all agreed at the end, and, and I will say, sorry, that the very, very last vote was was secret. So I didn't know yeah. going so in. I ha- I wanna, I've heard that before, and yeah. I have mixed feelings about the fact that it's a secret. Mm. Why do you think it makes, do you think it makes sense to have a secret ballot at the end? Because there's one argument to be made that you are... Um, if you're a critic and you're standing by the courage of your own convictions, you'll be able to stand up in a room of your own peers mm. and say, I think this is the one that wins. So why why the secret ballot? I don't know why the secret ballot. Um, I didn't mind it on the night, though, because I think for the most part, for maybe eight out of the ten judges, um, only ten could make it on the night. Actually, one one judge was was absent, but but sent on her, her votes and, and her final uh, choice. But... Um, for maybe eight out of the ten people, it was very clear who who they were going to vote for. We all got a kind of a final word at the end. Mm. Um, so I didn't mind that as much. Um, I think it probably saves time, to be honest, because if you are going back and forth between two albums at the end yeah, and you've got yeah. a bit of a deadline, it might make it kind of circle around. It also made it really exciting for me arriving at Vicar Street not knowing. That's true. And you can't um, actually ruin it for, for many people. Well, that's it. I, I couldn't tell anybody. Or... And, you know, people were asking me, do you know? Do you know? I was like, I don't. I know it's between two artists. No, I'm not going to tell you who they are. Um, but, yeah, it was really, really exciting. It's just such an amazing experience. Like, it's mm. like such a such a privilege to kind of just be in a room like locked in a room for hours with people who love and adore and work with music as much as you do and yeah it was great Jim, Jim was great as well he was like really stirring the pot and like getting debates going and really pushing people on their on their points and stuff I thought he was a really really good uh moderator of, okay. of the debate good. yeah um yeah uh i have done it twice before in the past and i really that space is really important when i get mm. to have a space where people are really debating and uh, talking about these things um uh in a vigorous fashion for a long time and you don't you normally get those kind of discussions unless you know you know having a chat on a podcast mm. you know deep dive but like in with a massive group of people like that you know don't usually get those kind of like serious discussions. Yeah. So a question for you. Or if you do, it's in a beer garden and you're all drunk and yeah. it ends up being Shit fights. Sure. Yeah. It, it, was there any points that were bra- raised um, in the process that would, um, has made you think twice or think differently about one or any of the albums? I so, think. Yeah, um, after leaving that room. Yeah, I suppose um, maybe a, a, a couple of times there were, um, Mostly just that that really nice thing about criticism is that different <coughs> critics come to different works for different reasons and and in different ways with different perspectives. Uh, drink every time I said different there. Um, but a good point was raised about Sorka Richardson, um, which I hadn't really thought of, which 
I I said in the room that I think that Sorka Richardson's going to be a star um, and that she will have, she's already on the trajectory career-wise of the likes of Soccer Mommy or or, or somebody like that um, and that I've no doubt she'll go far. And another judge kind of raised the point that as a female artist, you can't guarantee that kind of success. Like there are more barriers in in the way of a female artist and there is a male artist and you you only have to look at this year's electric picnic lineup to understand that that is absolutely a reality for a lot of artists and what and while there wasn't any discussions of gender or or anything like that on the night i did think that that was an interesting point that i was sort of taking her talent um a little bit for granted in terms of it being the thing that launches her into stardom um right and not not the the look that men tend to have that little bit more than women tend to in the music industry. Okay, yeah. Um, and any other albums that, like, what about the... Uh, one judge did say, um, we were talking about Junior Brother, and one judge was like, I just hated it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. That like, does not surprise me in does, the least. But that's that. whatever, like, cause, because there, there were a few judges who were, you know, like really, really pushing the point with Junior Brother saying like what he's doing is groundbreaking. And it is, I, I completely agree with that. I adore Junior Brother. Um, but, but to hear someone say just like, I just couldn't grasp it. I was like, that is as valid a critical response as, you know, all of the kind of nuanced, yeah. more musicological ideas that were going around the table. And that was a real refreshing moment where we we all kind of realized that the only thing that really, really matters, I suppose, isn't, is this the album that's going to sum up culture in 2019? Or is this the album that's gonna that we're going to look back on and think that's what it was like to be alive in 2019 it's not that really when you get down to the base level you have to love the album first and foremost and i don't think there was anyone in the room who didn't love the the live long day and mm. i think that's that's why it has to win you know i think it's a well-deserved winner um, Absolutely. definitely yeah. i think it says a lot i mean jesus i could have made some money in the bookies <laughs> <laughs> i tried to uh I did try and look and see if there was possible, but I won't go and mm. uh, I'll only book, I'll only bet online. I won't go into a shop. Yes. I'll draw the line at that one. Did um, did you expect Lancome to win? I hoped for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I really hoped for it. Yeah. I thought it was the best one. It represented a lot about what was going on in Ireland. Um, like powerful, very powerful music, um, very unique, had a lot to do. I mean, it had some, obviously, Irish traditional history in there as well, but also felt very thoroughly modern. Um, I was actually just so delighted for them as well, because I look, first time I went to see them in January mm. and in Vicar Street, and they played the Wild Rover, and I welled up. I was just like, this is incredible. Like, yeah. They're such a good band. And I haven't seen them. It was just really nice. Like, obviously, when they won... Uh, their manager came out and they were away on tour in America. Their van had just broken down. So like he had only been just been told that he had to go out and do this. And yeah. I thought he did a fantastic job. He did a great job. He and really you know what? Did. It was really nice because he gave us context about the banners that you wouldn't have got from them themselves. Yeah. Talking about how they used to play in Thomas House across the way. Stuff like that. Um, talking about, you know, I remember being at a gig in Kamenum and seeing one of the lads from Lancome behind, serving points behind the bar. 
you know yeah. like yeah. and now they're well renowned musicians touring around the US as well yeah. and they made one of the best albums of the year last year and just that context of of them from the manager's perspective and how much hard work they I thought put that in was really nice and too. the singular vision that they have that they didn't you know compromise themselves or anything like that and you know they had they found a record label rough trade who you know elevated them even more and mm. put them on the stages outside of Ireland as well so, so somebody on the night said that Lancome made the most punk album of any album on the shortlist and everyone around the room was like, oh my God, yeah. Like it just hadn't really occurred to a lot of us that it is. I think it might have been Owen from the Thin Air who said that. Um, and everyone was like, yeah, this is this is punk. Like this is as punk as girl band. It's way more punk than Fontaine's DC. Um, you was, know? was there a mixed reaction in the room for them, do you think? Oh, yeah. 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 I thought there might be. Yeah. yeah. Some people were real into it so i expected that going yeah. in yeah yeah I'd be surprised if it wasn't some yeah. mad into it i got a text from a dear friend of mine before going in it's like very best of luck uh fontaine's dc win uh we're through <laughs> <I was like>, <laughs> <"All right." laughs> thanks mate <laughs> no, no pressure no yeah, pressure yeah i <laughs> uh, look you know like congrats to the lads for being nominated they're they're doing great you know they don't yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, did you watch that documentary that they had out? I haven't yet watched it. No, no, I've been flat out, but I, I do want to watch it because it might, I, because I, I want to like them so much and this might. Yeah. Help. There's a lot of, there's a lot of live footage on it. Um, more live footage than anything else, but, um, mm. no, there's some good parts to it. Like just coming across as very kind of vulnerable, trying to figure out how to manage themselves in this crazy world that they're in. Yeah. Of constantly touring and like one of them talks about, you know, just appreciating the, uh, that, that this is happening for them mm. and then green do they talk about their books and poetry and yeah they do read do they poetry. actually yeah. they read poetry yeah they read out their messing. lyrics as poetry apparently when they're all in college they, they like they put a zine of poetry together so there's a bit of reference to that but look it's not like a totally fawning thing but it is obviously about them um, <laughs> but are you making a face? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is an audio medium. <laughs> cannot be told. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's 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 maybe worth watching if you're if you if you feel like delving mm. into their world a bit more. Mm. All right, it's time for our album chat now. Uh, we're going to talk about Lethal Dialects LD Fifty Part Three. The uh, obviously. Uh, closing of the trilogy that uh, Little Dialect started in 2011. Little Dialect is a um, Dublin-based uh, cabaret rapper who um, is kind of an OG in Dublin, I guess, in lots of ways. He had an album out called 1988, which was more poppy as well, as well as uh, under his own name as Paul Allwright in 2018. He had a song called, or album called Hungry, which was much less hip-hop uh, driven. Uh, here we're back to the boom bap where we're back to the rap stuff and uh, we're going to play a bit of a, our, one of the songs from uh, yeah going to play a bit from a song called Strawberry Glue from LD50 Part 3 Snowy nights in the seedy ascents Mostly nights on the feet when I'm treading Cold as ice and it's bleak in the present So I'm lighting up the premium rest So silent that it's peaceful and pleasant Too peaceful I reckon you know the type That be leaving you deaf in the bowie knife Couldn't cleave through the tension Cold tonight but it can heat up in seconds Probe noise keep people from dwellings A stolen bike on a creep through the crescents Revving in a way that's seeming to trend I know that I 
they have no reason for fretting. I won't deny it though, I'm keeping a step. They just ask when I'm releasing the next one to complete the collection. They know I might have went in either direction. So they look to see me keep on progressing. You know what life keeps on feeding your lemons. There's no advice that can leave an impression. When your bedtime reading was lessons and breaking snow white keys in the sevens. But is the juice worth the squeeze is the question. No one likes it when you're preaching them lessons. So I'm trying to just be the exception. I know the prices and the people that said them. They know what right, but that I speak with discretion. I call me cyber, so it's keeping them guessing. And it's easy condemning, but in the deepest recession, when the people were leaving, it was kingpins feeding the peasants. Okay, that is Strawberry Glue from uh, Lil Dialect uh, from his new album, um, LD50 Part 3. Uh, I think this is a fucking brilliant album. <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting. Uh, this has been, uh, he's been talking about this for a while. I think he was nearly scrapped it because uh, he was worried about his the difference between where he's at now and where he used to be at. Mm. Um, and, you know, the braggadocia and kind of, he was he's he's talked a bit in the past of how he's a bit embarrassed about some of the lyrics that he's written on these albums. But, you know, people change and grow and and therefore um you know they their artistry increases and you know they look at things differently i think this is a really good snapshot of what it's like uh to live to be first of all himself paul all right in in dublin as an as a rapper who's been going for a number of years and um, speak i love there's parts on this where he's talking about you know things that we all do because um, society has changed so much and how you know none of us have kids the same age that our parents had um, or how we're all in different situations at the same age or older mm. than our parents are you know and there's a song called better man on it that where he does talk about that and you're like you know you can you can totally understand you know, the dis- there's a disconnect between, you know, here, okay, here we are, right? We, we've gone half an hour without talking about it, but like, we're in, we're in a place where the world has a pandemic virus. We're all talking about it and we're all being, we're in lockdown. Like, these are, these are different times and, and they're yeah. different times for everybody. Like, everyone, there's no job security. There's no, for anyone, really. There's no virus um, or no virus. Yeah, virus know? or no virus, but uh, like, that doesn't help, obviously. Mm. You know, it's like, the age of progress is kind of going somewhere else. Well, we had progress in some social issues in Ireland the last number of years. Still a lot of problems around yeah. basic things, like like basic things that should be tackled, like homelessness. Yeah. And so that is kind of, for me, where some, a lot of this perspective is coming from. Like, we're still dealing with the uh, what happened with emigration in this country and, uh, you know, people having to leave and, and come back and we see all that happening over and over again. So for me, I definitely feel like there's a lot on this album that um, is coming from a perspective of somebody who hasn't, isn't getting a lot of opportunity or hasn't got a lot of opportunity or can see that there could be a better way of doing things. Mm. Um, So that would be my, that's my opening statement. That's your opening (laughs) statement. Uh, Very well said. So I think this is a really interesting project. Um, LD 50 part one and two came out within kind of a year of each other. So they were definitely a snapshot, a snapshot of a time when, like you said, social issues, there there was a lot to address, I suppose, at that time. And from reading through some, some interviews with the artist, I think the idea with this project was to track social change and social improvement as time went on. But unfortunately, here we are at LD53 and 
not much has changed um, or the things that have changed haven't negated the things that haven't, like you said, homelessness, the housing crisis, um, cla- classism, yeah. rent, you know, uh, like working class areas being um, ostracized from the rest of the community, being treated like shit from the guards. These are still issues that are not only just still happening, but arguably getting worse and worse. So it's it's a sad thing in a way to listen to to listen to this record and kind of realize that um, though there's been a lot of change, more things have, have stayed the same. Having said that, I, th- I think it's an album that sounds fantastic. Um, while the kind of the beats are it's kept pretty minimal it's, it's still kind of maintaining that boom bap that kind of like oh this reminds me of jizz's liquid swords all the way through you know that's that kind of uh mid early 90s kind of wu-tang almost uh solo out records kind of yeah those kind of um it's the stuff, stuff that i i remember kind of blaring out of speakers when i was growing up um in fingless like just kind of people having their their boom boxes out in their garden or playing tunes from their from their uh from their cars just a very it, it just it, it shot me back to a time when when hip-hop was kind of first grasping us and there were no Irish rappers and I think that there's there's a be- there's a, there is a beautiful thing to track between the early stages of this project and now which is that when when this pro when this project started, Irish rap wasn't a thing. It it just it just was not. And now we have this hugely engaged, beautiful scene. Like I mean, we we had God knows in here last week. Yeah, last two, week, two weeks ago, last week. Um, talking about like I mean, he there wasn't enough hours in the day for him to tell us about all the rappers that he loves in Ireland right now. Um. So it's 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 a really n- nice thing for this to kind of come around again. Um, I think the lyricism on on this record is the thing that that stands out for me. I think K District is a f- brilliant song. It's a really really brilliant song. I think it's interesting that it, it comes out in the same week. It came out rather last week in the same week as a Virgin Media um, program called Inside the K that follows. Right, um, yeah follows Gardy around uh, the K district. So Cabra, Blanchestown and, and Finglas. Um, and sort of, I don't know. I, I haven't yet watched the program, but from watching the previews and the advertisements from it, it was just kind of seemed like the same poverty porn that we've seen time and time again, you know. Um, again, haven't watched it. I, I, I will go and watch it. I might be proved wrong. But um, certainly that was the tone from from the previews anyway. So I think having um, having Paul Allwright here give his perspective on, on growing up in the so-called K district um, and having such a nuanced kind of way of putting it forward and not not only evoking it in his lyricism but also evoking it in the sounds and the beats that that I remember hearing growing up there kind of growing up 
Um, then later on in the album, I think the centerpiece of it is um, a spoken word piece that was released before the album um, as one of the singles called uh, To Whom It May Concern, which uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago that um, one of the songs on the new Lethal Dialect record has made me cry. So you all have that to look forward to. Uh, it was that song, which I just like it's it's such a beautifully heartbreaking tale of um a woman who is writing a letter to her local representative and um is asking for a little bit of help she's she she found herself um in the in the throes of addiction but got herself out of it enrolled herself in a course and is finding it difficult in the pla- in the space that she's living in um to stay clean basically and so she she writes to her to her maybe her TD or counsellor, it's not clear who, um, for a bit of a hand getting out. And then the other side of that conversation is um, is Paul Allwright playing the part of the politician of, yeah. of the politician writing back to her uh, with a, you know, we're so sorry for your situation. Maybe uh, my hands are tied, but maybe in the next election you can you can give us your vote and, uh, you know, we can we can do this together, blah 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 blah, and it's just such a beautifully realized track that that you don't kind of realize seeps into you as much as it does. But af- after the first listen of that, it just stayed with me all day. I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I think that it it really sums up a a social um, a kind of a, a, a social disaster that we're dealing with now that. It might be easy for us to forget about our sideline, given the given the current kind of pandemic crisis situation. Um, but we definitely ought not to. Um, and yeah, I found it really, really, really moving. Yeah, me too. Um, there's a lot on this album in terms of production as well that I really enjoyed. Mm. Like I said, a lot of it might be of the older uh, kind of boom bop stuff, where especially the low kind of bass stuff. And there's a lot of really good, uh, you know, low bass frequencies if you're if you are playing it in a car yep you definitely get some of that but i love uh strawberry glue is a good example of production by gi on most of the tracks uh, including this one so strawberry glue kind of reminds me of early massive attack really lovely like yeah. that kind of just like string kind of bass thing that i just really appreciate and uh, so but that simple was as well it, it yeah. never it, it doesn't rush over itself to be very kind of instrumental or yeah. do you know and i have to say like the likes of uh costello and gi and the maverick sabers on the last track and mm. um, they do themselves a good service by in their in the they make an impact on this as well mm. and uh there's a fair bit. Of, there's a bit of humor in it as well, though. At the same time, you know, there is. Like it definitely doesn't take itself as seriously as yeah, like maybe the, the first one. Couple of interludes there, fact, for example. Yeah, um, you know, and there's a bit of that back and bit, what is that? Ah, uh, we love the line on the. I think it's Cater Six spitting lines on the back of the bus and so too. You know, like yeah, stuff like that. There's just some really strong lines on it as well. Or there's another one that's. Uh, in one of the tracks, uh, me boys are graduating from a college for crims because nobody where I'm going from goes to college and BIM. Yeah, I love yeah, like, that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of... Uh, I, and they it's tried a to fun bury, record as well yeah. as being kind of very well spiritual. it's got a, it's got a, it's got a lighter side mm. not not just like this is like everything's terrible it's more like saying how it is and uh you know in a true Irish fashion finding some element of humor to balance that as well yeah um, yeah so that's it definitely has an element of the kind of gallows about it 
where if we don't laugh, we'll cry sort of thing, which is yeah, very distinctly Irish, I think. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's it's excellent social commentary um, and it also sounds great too. And there's not much more I want or ask for from a good hip hop record. Yeah. You know. Now, I would normally say at this point, uh, you know, you can catch a little dialect at uh, tonight or tomorrow night. But you uh, can't. But you can't because all the gigs are off. So yeah. uh, everything's being cancelled. Stream the album, buy the album. Yeah, he hasn't put it up on Bandcamp yet, on Bandcamp but I think though. he should do that soon. Yeah. Uh, Paulie, do it. Put yeah. It up. Put it up. Let uh, people buy it. The first one, the first two, I think, are on Bandcamp. So they are, yeah. Maybe and, go and buy And those. 1988 as well. So it's yeah. only a matter of time for LD 50 Bar 3. I think this is his best overall album. I think so too. Yeah. Um, so do check it out. It is a, a very good album. Um, I'm going to play a bit more from a track called They Tried to Bury Us which featuring Costello They forgot that we were seen Some roses flourishing beneath the concrete debris No love lost middle finger for the other side And when they cut one of us down then we multiply They tried to bury us They forgot that we were seen Some roses flourishing beneath the concrete debris No love lost middle finger for the other side And when they cut one of us down then we multiply I'm in the foggy tube with me motley crew Puffing on a deal, build a coffee brews Watching people kill for the drop of stew Getting told they gotta milk to somewhere not in view That shit put me in a solemn mill, but what to do? But polish jewels in solitude and put it in a song or two But what's the really gonna prove? At least we got a mules, cause boys in our broken jobs as mules are getting locked in jewels Got a big steal, I borrow just a shop I filled Sitting on the rock, I feel like the Apollo crew Until someone that they thought was killed Caused them to a rendezvous And then what's on the news, another shot and fueled Never had a lot to lose, I never followed Reels, Mrs. Screws, cause they never had the proper tools. They gave them to the partial skills. Survival of the bridges is a cruel pale dot of blue. When your color's blue, or when you speak like Ronnie Drew, but you ain't Ronnie Drew. Master Straxes keep us all subdued, and it's a fact they see us all as fields. Like he's still just being bought and used, but others. That is, they try to bury us from uh, Little Dogs and LD50 Part 3. Do check it out. Uh, it's our album of the week. Um, up next, now, uh, one of the acts that we're supposed to play at the St. Patrick's Festival this Sunday evening um, is Mount Alaska. Now, they are Killian McDonald and Stephen Shannon. Uh, they've been making electronic music together. They've been music together, actually, as they say at the start of the interview, for 25 years. Um, they were formerly in Half Set together. And they met uh, yeah, at nightclubs, in a nightclub, and they've been friends ever since. Now, uh, obviously the gig isn't going ahead, but we, I did go out to their studio in Crumlin, which is in the back of uh, Stephen Shannon's house, and uh, where he sometimes records, and uh, other bands and other or artists, but mostly it's the place where the two, Killian and Stephen, gather and make music as Mount Alaska. So I chatted to him about that process um, of making music, a lot of analog synths were in the building, and uh, but also they gave us kind of a top five, our favourite kind of contemporary classical composer kind of uh, tune. So there's a lot to delve into here, so I'll pass it over um, to ourselves in the studio in Crumb.
I started out kind of recording and mixing a lot of bands. That's kind of changed over the years. I was always more into making music than recording and mixing it. So I think over the last few years, I've just been doing that, kind of making music for films and documentaries and stuff for more than recording bands, although I still do occasionally do it. But uh, um, so it's kind of changed a lot over the years, but it's still the same space. It's it's like a man cave, really, where I do work. <laughs> One that actually has an out, a nice output as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what about like uh, Mount Alaska when you, when you came to... Uh, put that project together yourselves like uh, you were obviously uh, both in half set and you were doing stuff together so uh, so what where did that genesis come from um, well I think me and Killian have known each other for God, about a quarter of a century yeah, <laughs> about 25, 25 years, years or something crazy and, like uh, that we kind of always we got to know each other through clubbing like going out dancing in clubs and stuff and I, I didn't see Killian as much until we were in a band together and then we the band was kind of a very much a kind of a post-rock kind of electronic combination of sounds. And it, like in many ways, it was a kind of a compromise between the four people who were in the band who all had different, very different tastes. But Killian and I were always very much into electronic music and we always talked about wanting to do it. And even when we were in Half Set, we had a kind of, we had a couple of times where we did a couple of shows together where we made just purely electronic music. Gotcha, yeah. Um, just the two of us. That yeah, we mass. just did that, yeah, like, yeah, a couple yeah. of little small gigs and... We were always kind of really, as soon, so as soon as the band ended, we just continued on. We just kept on making music. Yeah. We didn't stop at all. So that was yeah, like so 2010. Kept going. Yeah, it kept going for us. And like, so, we would have been, like Hasset would have like written here, would have recorded here, rehearsed yeah. here. Like I remember like helping you build this place. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it it was like, it was no stretch to just keep going, you know, just because yeah. Halfset finished, yeah. didn't really change. And like, it was, it was quite... Not, at first it was almost like a social It was thing. a social thing. It was just... And play with synthesizers, you know. Have a few cans and make, make a racket <laughs> and that yeah. kind of thing. And then you just got really pissed off at me not finishing songs. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we were about six years doing that. <laughs> and uh, eventually I just got really, really fed up, just kind of messing around. I wanted to kind of have an output from it. Yeah. And we'd kind of gone through so many iterations in private, that you know, it was a shame just to let these things pass us by. We kind of mess around, find something that we we're really excited about, then get bored of it and just do something else. So we weren't actually releasing anything. Yeah. Um. So we we, we did in the end, you know. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Like at this point, then you have a collection of songs out. You just actually released another track there last week, also. Yeah, last Friday. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of coming pretty regularly now. Yeah, we've Is actually been pretty prolific. We're making up for lost time because we did spend about six years, like something like 2011 to 2017, we didn't release anything, but we were working together and we were making music together. Um, and then I think we kind of kicked things off ourselves on our own label. Um putting out some singles um but like i even like as the single was coming out on friday i just looked back and i was like hold on that's like 15 songs in the last two years and that's like singles remix uh we did what was it, a train song for kino creaving's 20th anniversary you know there's like yeah, yeah. A bu a, like a bunch of stuff so i'd say we're about as prolific as any other bands <laughs> in in dublin for the last while so but we were always we were always prolific. It's just that we, we were, just weren't releasing. We were, we're just it. releasing. It. Yeah, I mean, there's there's literally hundreds of songs. Yeah, you know, yeah. hundreds. You know, and uh, I remember there was one song on the album. I forget which one, but when oh God, I can't remember which one. But anyway, when we were working on it, I was like, "That is Steve. That's years old. Like, how long? How old is that?" And he went back and like, you dug up the very very first version, and it was like. 
April 2011 or something. Yeah. Something ridiculous like that. So, like, there is a, a folder of songs that we've always been working on and yeah. some see the light of day, some don't, you know. So, the album was kind of a bit of a way of purging. As yeah. Well. It's quieter stuff. It's a nice we've marker gone to for have. tempo singles, but we've been writing this quiet stuff as well. So it's kind of what, kind of a way of clearing out that folder. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But we were always doing that. Um, and uh, I guess I was kind of, uh, over the last four or five years, I've been getting more and more into making soundtrack f- soundtracks for films and music to picture, I suppose. And uh, I was very much influenced by that and what I wanted to do. So we decided to make an album that was much more low-key. Sure. And, and also I have a kind of a love of repetition. So I, like, for example, this old, this is an old synthesizer from 1982. That's a Juno 60 you're pointing to there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this, it's got a hold function for the arpeggio. So you can just play a couple of notes and it'll just hold the notes. Yeah. And it's actually really relaxing <laughs> to just hit three notes randomly and just let them play. And then you can just modulate the different parts of it, you know? Right. And uh, songs started coming from just putting that on. I just walk into the room and press play and, and sip coffee and just start making music around it. Yeah. So so it's kind of like influenced by soundtracks, repetition and the love of old synthesizers, I think. Yeah. That kind of... So- how much of the process then is all uh, synth, uh, analog synth based, or and how much of it is like digital production? Uh, um, I think for the album, it was probably about eighty percent analog. Yeah. Although for everything else, it was it's always a combination of all sorts of things. Whatever, whatever you're excited about at the time, it might be kind of might be a free plugin. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. it's, it's it's anything and everything, but it's it's normally very very electronic based. You know, mm. that's where it comes from. So when it comes to then live gigs. Um, you obviously had an AM launch and you've one coming up. So how does that differ in terms of the process and, and actually approaching that? Because it's very different to being in a band than you as you were, because you're playing with mostly live instruments with other people. And the two is standing side by side mostly in this regard <laughs> yeah. uh, for Mount Alaska. So looking awkward, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's a different it's a different dynamic, right? It's a different dynamic than uh, playing with a live band with with a, a, like you used to play drums. Killing, yeah, so. yeah, it's totally different, but uh, different good. You know, yeah, I think um, so. So I quite like the challenge of it. I mean, what I do is still really kind of percussive. Um, so whether it's like playing keys or like triggering vocal samples or that kind of thing, it's still like I got to be on the beat, you yeah, know, or yeah. else it kind of falls apart. Um, yeah. We toyed with bringing the synths on the road a couple of times, and it's kind of terrifying bringing an old analog synth sure. and making sure that there's no latency problems, that kind yeah. of thing. Or, or you know, you, you set up a sound and you go back 20 minutes later and it's different. It's, it's just, just different. It just yeah. is different. Yeah. So that's like, they need to be warmed up, right? <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Things happen. And also, also, they're quite noisy as well. Mm. They're kind of hissy mm. and. Um, so we have to kind of rule that out so a lot of that stuff kind of gets recorded into the computer and then we, we run a lot of live sequences and trigger sounds and stuff like that so we're doing a lot but at the same time it's it's much more exciting than being in the band because if you do one thing wrong it really does just fall apart it just yeah. Yeah, falls apart yeah. uh, so it's it's kind of nerve wracking and more rewarding as well because yeah. it's much larger which is okay. interesting yeah it's it's mm. like there's like the setup is a lot it's a lot safer like them bringing these machines out. Um, but you're still talking running a, a 
at least I, I have two sense, you have a sense controllers, um, kind of NPC pads, that kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a hell of a lot that can go wrong. So it's still quite nerve wracking. So we just have to be really well rehearsed. So uh, let's just move on to your, you gave us a few five tracks um, that you mm. could serve as inspirations. Uh, Steve, you as a composer kind of comes from, a, I can hear a lot of uh, influences there maybe um, in terms of sound. So uh, we'll just start with the first one that you picked. Um, which was uh, Niels Fram, oh, yeah. obviously uh, Niels Fram, very well known uh, contemporary neoclassical composer from Germany, um, and in many ways, kind of a key person in terms of uh, reigniting the kind of interest in this kind of music, mm-hmm. and and maybe you know there's part of it that people will say, you know, Spotify playlists and all that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. the whole chill thing and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff that could be a part of that, but definitely Niels Fram was at the forefront. So why? So you picked a song called. Uh, from uh, his live album uh, Spaces in Mm -hmm. 2013 I'll just play it now and uh, we'll come back and just talk about it Okay, that was Niels Fram with say, Says. Um, so why did you pick that? Well, um, Niels, I, I'm kind of a big fan of Niels Fram, but that song is really interesting because the first version of that song, which is on the album, is very much different than the what it became, the live version it became. And I've seen him play it a couple of times and just listening to that song grow from, from its origins, which is much more simple. And it's become, it kind of morphed through being played live. And what I find fascinating about that is because I'm a bit of a synth nerd anyway, and he, the whole song is made on one of these, one of these Roland, old Roland synths, which I have. And I'm kind of obsessed with the sound of them. So the first time I heard it, I just thought it was so beautiful. He has it running through this old tape echo machine from the 70s. And and it just, it, ta- it really takes its time and it grows into something that is so huge that it's it's kind of breathtaking. It's so not chill. Right. No, it's <laughs> not chill at no, all. No, you know? it's not funny. that one. No, <laughs> no, no, totally. Yeah, and I, mean, I know his other stuff has a tendency to be like quite chill, but like, yeah, that you sent me a KEXP live version, yeah, of him doing it. Not I long, mean, not long after the album came out, or right before, yeah, maybe. And he's got like one or two machines. Um, we were at National Concert Hall last year, or the year before. Dude's got like forty cents and got yeah, a spot on stage, yeah. and he's hopping around like. It, you're right, like, it, this has morphed and grown mm. out of, like, one guy constantly playing and playing live, and really, re- it's really, really interesting to see where it's going. Yeah, the song's kind of changed in the public eye, really, has grown, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, that's a huge, like, difference. I remember seeing him at Primavera a couple of years ago, and it's just mm. like, yeah, he was, like, jumping around for different setups he's, he's and quite ex- doing all he's, sorts. He's a very exceptional artist, because he plays in, here in the National Concert Hall to yeah. a sold-out crowd, basically a kind of classical audience. And then he goes and headlines a festival, you know, and pretty much does the same set. Yeah. There's yeah. no one quite like him. 
<laughs> you know, and I was in uh, Funk House last year in Berlin where he has a studio. Oh, yeah, it looks amazing. Very, very nice place oh. to get get into and have a look around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously held in high regard. Uh, so your next track is from Johan Johansson. It is The Sun's Gone Dim and the Sky's Turned Black. Well, I've always been a massive Johan Johansson fan. I saw him play, I think it was 2004 in the Sugar Club. And he, he'd come over and he, it was just him staring into his laptop and he had a quartet with him. I think it was a local quartet yeah. that were heard in for the show. And the show was only half full. And at that point, he'd, I think he just released that album or there was the one before that. Um, that's the, the, That song is from 2006, uh, okay. the IBM. Okay, so when I saw him play, it was before that album. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I just thought it was beautiful, really somber, really gentle, really beautiful. Um, but then he came along with this and he, th- there's a couple of songs on that album, the IBM one. IBM he, 1401, a user's manual. Yeah. Where, where he uses a kind of a robot voice, kind of voice technology to, to kind of almost sing along with a song. And it's yeah. like a, at that point, I'd never heard anything like that. Somebody who took a very pure classical piece and arrangement and just kind of put a programmed robot voice on top, almost like a... Radiohead, you know, Kid A. Mr. Hopkins computer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Remember that guy? Um, but uh, so it's, it's just fascinating, just kind of, you know, juxtaposition of two different things and kind of opened my eyes a little bit. It was yeah. you that introduced me to that yeah. particular song. And not so long ago. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm a Johansson fan, but I hadn't, like, yeah. delved back really, really, really far. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, that, that kind of record had passed me by. Yeah. Like, his discography is huge. So you kind of introduced me to that after a few counts and I just made you put it on again and again, <laughs> yeah. and again. Did you ever hear the uh, soundtrack he did for Arrival, that movie Arrival? Arrival, yeah, yeah, that's it's the one. That I kind of, after, after I heard him do that, I, I just went back and listened to him all over again, you know. It, yeah. it is actually amazing. Like, yeah. So yeah, just kind of a nerd fan. Everyone thinks that Max Richter's song on the Arrival soundtrack is... Johan Johansson because like <laughs> Johan Johansson wrote that soundtrack yeah, but yeah. then they stuck that Max Richter song at the uh, start of it oh, really, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's like why the fuck did you do that yeah there's another yeah film. that's strange there's another film that was there as well yeah, I can't remember which one. He did uh, well, before he passed away in February 2018. The Icelandic composer also worked on films like Prisoner, which is uh, Prisoners, which is a very good soundtrack, and Mandy as well. Mandy, the the yeah, kind of right, Nicolas yeah. Cage. Yeah, um, yeah. 
gore fest for want of a better word but to move on from that then um, a close collaborator actually and a fellow Icelander um, uh, of Johan Johansson is uh, Hildur Gunadottir and that's your next choice Um, the song is called Folk Fear and Lit been kind of digging this this is a new song but it's a new song yeah it's only a couple of weeks so out. obviously you know uh, Guna Daughter was uh, won an Oscar for yeah, work on Joker so. yeah but this is this has come out just a few weeks ago yeah I think it came out yeah it came out in January I think and it's on Deutsche Gramophone that amazing amazing label and as far as I know it's pro- I assume it's a single to an like there's an album yeah I'm not sure yeah. the way I'd say if they had an album scheduled they're probably going Hold on, she just won an Oscar, Park. Yeah. You know, I'd yeah, say yeah. they're trying to figure out what's going on. But um, I've been listening to this quite a bit over the last few weeks. But from kind of watching Chernobyl and The Joker, I've just like been really, really, really digging a lot of her stuff. Yeah. You the, tried to the go to in a couple of weeks ago, really? didn't you? So yeah, it was so disappointed. Yeah. So no sign of an Irish show yet, but... Mm. Um, that song they are doing a live score to Joker in Dublin though what but oh, not nice. I don't she's not involved oh, okay. <laughs> what's, someone, what's, what's the name of that guy she, she did the uh, I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> what's the name of that guy she did the soundtrack for Chernobyl with the sound designer guy who did oh yeah what's do, do you know no she, I can't did, remember well, for Chernobyl she went went to a, an unused nuclear power station recorded sounds and made music out of all the sounds you kind of pitched them and stuff but she brought a, a world renowned sound recordist to capture right. all the sounds of the nuclear power station but the show she did in Berlin she did with that guy she oh, performed yeah. two nights in a row right. and okay. I really wanted to go but well this just, this Joker thing is an official um, like it's got a quote from the director and all so oh really okay yeah. so official in some way but um, yeah. yeah I'm just really excited about there being a, a, a potential album now the the single is really lovely mm. it is quite different to anything that like you've been hearing in like any of her scores for the last few years as well yeah um I'm not quite sure the title. Uh, the translation of the title is like people, people have faces. People get faces. I think I was trying to figure out what does it mean. And yeah, well, apparently it was written as a response to the mistreatment and deportation of refugees in Iceland in 2015. Yeah, so I thought it was like the dehumanization of refugees. I looked up like I saw. I found someone kind of talking about it, saying that like. Um, the literal translation is people get faces or something like that but what's right. what's really meant is like it is a commentary on the dehumanization of okay. refugees 
Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, your fourth choice is uh, one that's familiar to me. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of this album. This is uh, from a track from Persona from 2018 from Rival Consoles. is called Unfolding. Tell me why you picked this. Uh, this is a London producer, Ryan Lee West. Um, I, I'm a big fan of this album. Yeah, we're both. This is probably the most important album for us in the last yeah, couple of years. This, uh, this album, when it came out, blew both of us away. I think yeah. I, I didn't listen to another record for about six months after it came out. I think I was just listening yeah. to it on loop. Uh, it kind of blew me away. It, it, there's a couple of little subtle things that happened in the record that... I hadn't quite heard before and it made me just look at music in a slightly different way, which I found incredible. Like I find this because I'm a little bit jaded and cynical sometimes about music, but I, like someone has to try really hard to impress me. Yeah. Um, but he didn't, you know, it was just yeah. unbelievable. How that album starts and where it ends, it, it's a total journey. If someone, if like, if, if you haven't heard that album, you, and yeah. anybody out there should go and get it's it phenomenal. or go and listen yeah. to it. Yeah. It's essential. Yeah. It's but very I think good. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's been a big one for us for the last few years mm. and we could have picked anything off this rec- yeah. record. Mm. Like my girlfriend was like, why didn't you pick Trevor's Wake? Like, <laughs> why didn't you pick Trevor's Wake? But it was actually important to pick an up-tempo song as well. And you were saying something yeah. up-tempo is quite relevant to what we do as well. Yeah. And I think the thing with Ryan is that People hear that record and they don't realize that, like, this dude, like, scored an episode of Black Mirror. This dude has just done the music for Secret Cinema's Stranger Things. Right. He's just done Overflow, that big dance show that's gone through the UK. Like, he's he's not just some, he's not, like, a dance he, dude. You right, know, yeah, yeah. You know, he's... He's, he's very prolific. He's really, he's really prolific. And he does fit the erase tapes mold but I think he ticks a couple of boxes that no one else on that label ticks and I think it's really 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 relevant to what we do whereby we go right we're going to do something quite up tempo but then like we put out an album like Wave Atlas and it's like totally chill so he seems to have that freedom and that confidence and also the room to be able to do a lot of stuff like that and that's really really important for us and thankfully we're quite lucky that um label us just do shit like that <laughs> um, so our final choice then is from uh, Michael Levy song is called Castigo
So that is from her score of the uh, war drama film, Monos? Monos? Yeah. Uh, released last year. I haven't seen that film. Yeah. So give us a bit of context about that. You've obviously seen, you must have seen it by now. Well, here's the thing. You the, haven't? The reason, the reason why I really wanted this on, on the list is because I haven't watched this okay. movie. <laughs> and I've just been listening to the soundtrack nonstop since it came out. And I'm kind of afraid to watch the movie now. Okay. Because um, I didn't like Jackie. But I love the soundtrack. Yeah, even but more, I, I found even more controversial. About... I didn't like Under the Skin. Okay, yeah, I which didn't. People you're... rave about. But yeah, I love those. The music was yeah. fantastic, though. Yeah. The I music, mean, the music's amazing. That so. was the only thing that really kept me like gripped to yeah. the whole film. I, yeah. I wasn't a fan of like that film. Like mm. I, I thought it was okay, but like I, don't, I, I, I know people absolutely adore that movie. Maybe it went over my head, or maybe it's just not for me. But the thing that I always come back to is that I really like Mika Levy's scores, but I'm not really sure about the movies. Yeah. Uh, so I've put off watching Monos, but I've seen so many people talking about it online saying how amazing it is, how different it is. Um, it's It sounds pretty bonkers to begin with. Yeah. Um, but uh, that particular track is quite interesting because if you listen to it and you haven't watched the movie, I think it's impossible not to imagine what the movie is like because she's clearly taking sounds from the film. She's also using synth as well and she's not really uh, used to using synth a lot. Yeah. Um, so I just thought, chuck, chuck this in because it's very, very interesting from a soundtrack perspective yeah. having not watched the movie yet. And a composer, a musician that's obviously started in a very different place from where she currently is now, what used to be Mikachu and the Shapes. Mikachu, yeah, and the Shapes. Like, very yeah. different music. Totally, but, um, like, I, I just, I think after Under the Skin came out, just her yeah. soundtrack career absolutely took off. There's there's a really good episode of the Soundtracking, is that what it's called? Soundtracking podcast, Edith Bowman's right. podcast. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. interviews Mika Levy on it, and it kind of goes through the whole, um, uh, I suppose, her discography and, and how she got where she is. It's really, really good. Cause mm. She's a totally, really cool woman. Really, really cool. Absolutely. So final question based on uh, what we've just been discussing uh, has to be asked. So if there was a film in recent memory that you would have loved to score together and that you think your music together. might suit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can, you can go <laughs> separately. You can go separately if you like. Uh, <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. Oh, that film Midsummer. Oh, Midsummer, yeah, that that'd be amazing. a good example. The Hacks and Cloak, like yeah. soundtrack, that. Um, Have you seen Midsummer? Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ari, Ari Asher, whatever his name is. Uh, mm. I didn't like Hereditary. I thought it was a bit too scary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it, its intention. I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Midsummer, I thought looked great. Um, it was quite interesting. Um, soundtrack was really cool, and it was something that. But it's it's something that we only both watched recently yeah. i think and we both were were like really really digging that so i'm i'd be a fan of like the hacks and cloak and that whole kind of triangle records thing as well and yeah. i just thought it was really interesting what he did for that score he really pushed the boat out the first track on it's phenomenal like yeah. for the opening credits mm. really really phenomenal but then the, the score turns into something completely completely different um so it would have been nice to have uh soundtrack the trip and ball scene 
Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, just give us that one. <laughs> have you seen then uh, Uncut Gems? Have you have you oh, yeah. familiar with the soundtrack to that? Yeah, I wasn't crazy about the soundtrack. No, to have to it's say it's a very interesting. I like, I like the movie. I thought the movie was good. Uncut Gems, new uh, what are they? Safty Brothers? Is that yeah, Safty Brothers. Uh, on one tricks point never does the uh, music. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, very. He, he did Good Time as well. They're, yeah, they're yeah, one yeah. of their previous ones. But um, it's a funny one because the music is so. What would you call it? Like it's it doesn't it's kind of incongruous to the to the movie itself. It doesn't really seem to fit in, but somehow it, for me it worked because it was just so. But it, it adds to such the a te- weird juxtaposition. Yeah, that can, that can work really well. It, it does. Like it's very Vangelis. It's very like eighties kind of inspired as well, but lots of synths. I think the soundtrack came out a bit before the movie. That's right. So yeah. I went straight to the soundtrack and I just went, this is pants. Like, <laughs> I, just, I can't listen to this. Yeah. And I think with, that's a really good example where like, it really does work with the movie because it adds to the anxiety and the tension. Uh, Cause it, you know, Adam Sandler doesn't stop shouting for an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to be able to handle it, but actually I was just gripped the whole time. I just thought mm. it was, it's a really, really good movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, uh, we leave it there. Um, Mount Alaska, thank you very much for having me in your studio. Thank you. Thanks to Killian and Stephen for the chat. Uh, it's just actually been announced that their planned gig that has been rescheduled to Friday the 12th of June in the Peppercaster Church. Uh, they were playing alongside Slow Moving Clouds and tickets are on sale from selectivememory.ie. And also our Move Us and also our More of Us show is being rescheduled to May 15th because I didn't mention that before. Um, well, yeah, that was a nice chat. And uh, yeah, you may have heard a dog in there. There was definitely a dog. In the studio at some point. Yeah. Every every studio should have a dog. Every studio should have a dog. I kind of missed Daffo this week. Yeah. I uh, Me too. <laughs> but like, not not when I'm recording stuff. No. But. Preferably not. But look, if I'm working from home now, from now on, going to have the dog all the Big time. dog energy. Next week. Yeah. yeah, that's the plan. Right, so what else has been going on with you? Any crack? What's I been consuming been you? I have been so busy that I haven't been consuming much else. Um, I... I started reading Circle of Friends by Maeve Binchy, which is a huge book, as in it's long. And it's one of those books that has been, it's sort of on every shelf in every Irish household. And it's always been on my list to kind of read it. I used to kind of dismiss Maeve Binchy as being like, that's women's literature. And then I uh, grew up and copped on. Um, and I listened to... Uh, to shout out actually um, 
sentimental garbage Caroline O'Donoghue's um, brilliant brilliant book podcast which recently won an award for best book podcast or something uh, it's a fantastic podcast so I think it's coming back soon but she had a great um, episode of that I think live uh, Body and Soul with Sarah Maria Griffin in which they discussed Circle of Friends and, it, and it's just been in, in the back of my mind for ages um, so I was getting on a plane recently and I was like right I'll download this and been really, really, really enjoying it. It's um, it's a group of people that it begins on their f- first day, all coming from different backgrounds, uh, all attending UCD right in the 1950s. And it just sort of sprawls out from there and their relationships as they unfold and uh, the different kind of social classes and, and how they work together. It's really excellent so far. And the other thing, I haven't really had a chance to watch anything. I I have been sort of up to date on Better Call Saul, which I think is one of the best television programs we've oh, had. Oh, it's in so the past good! I'm, wait, I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting a while for so watch good. I think I might have binge. two. I might now have two episodes to catch up on. I think I've last week's and this week's to catch up on. So I'll watch them the weekend with himself. But um, it's just oh, it's just back with such a bang. Like it's it's so good. It's so so good. It's beautifully shot, beautifully directed. Some of the best actors in the game in it. Um, it's just if if you if you listener are out there um and you're gonna have some free time in your hands over the next little while and you are a fan of Breaking Bad and you never did Better Call Saul, this is this is the time to do it because I put it off for ages. I was like no, I don't know if if like that character has enough to carry. Oh, he it's, absolutely it's actually, it's, does. It's, in a different way, it's actually it, it, it's, it's as good, if not better, than yeah, Breaking Bad. I yeah. think it's a very different show, but it's and that's the beauty of it. As well. Yeah, you don't feel like you're watching a retread of of the same thing. It's a, it has, it's totally has its own perspective. It does, and it's really and it's damn funny as well at times. Like yeah. it really, really is. <laughs> it's excellent. It's really excellent. Um, and then beyond that, I watched the first two or three episodes of the new series of Inside Number Nine because it was in the UK and I had access to the BBC iPlayer. So um, caught those. Also back with a bang. One of the best comedies on television. Um, Absolutely unbelievable. Just brilliant. Like if Inside Number Nine is one of those things where it's like, if you know, you know, like not many people watch it, but it's just, have you watched it? No. You would love it. It's uh, Reese Shearsmith and... I've forgotten his name and I feel really bad about it. Um, you'd love it. Uh, I'll f- I'll find a way for you to watch it. I'll find a way. Find we'll find, find, a way. find a way to watch it. Um, yeah. just watch the first episode of uh, the what, first. What channel season. is it on? It's BBC. Oh yeah, well, yeah. there should be on something. Anyway, I'll find it. I don't know. I'll I don't know look. how televisions work. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's excellent, and that's back. Um. And I've got a you know a pile of books the length of my arm at home, so probably going to read a lot of those. Very good. Why not? Um, I was actually <laughs> thinking about it now. I was out all last week because I was getting my fix of being out in the world because yeah. um, that might not happen now. You extroverts, I yeah. just I'll never understand you. <laughs> oh, I don't feel like that. But um, we went to the U.S. Embassy last week for the oh, launch of, of South by Southwest, which yeah. then promptly got cancelled. <laughs> And who have now let people go, you know, it's a strange world we live in. Um, They're deferring refunds for the next couple of years. They're like, uh, they obviously are so stuck 
by which is you know expected. Mm. They're this big massive showcase festival with thousands of people coming. Um, they've let people go. They've yep. had to, but they're they could fold unless they like keep some of that money from people who were paid it already for next year or the year after. So that's what they're suggesting. Anyway, uh, that was one thing I did last week. Um, obviously the choice, and then I was in Kilkenny to DJ for a corporate party, which was you know something I can't do now. Even this week was um, that fun? Cause it I was actually was fun. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was good night. Uh, it was good night. Yeah. Um, Kilkenny's it was for uh, Lighthouse Animations mm-hmm. uh, Studios. So good fun. And then Saturday went to see Georgia. Oh yeah. She was great. She was so good. Louise um, Bruton put me on to her and uh, she's great. Simon Roach and Lumo was a big fan and has been for a while and uh, Christy from Boom been talking about her for a while and uh, they were both in attendance as were a lot of other people I knew. Uh, really great gig from Georgia. Um, she's, it was very short. It was in the Academy uh, in the green room which is a terrible venue because it's uh, flat as fuck. Um, oh, I know that room. God, I've yeah, been there in years. It's awful. But anyway, it was a good buzz. It was very short-lived, but it was good. Um, she'll definitely be back when all this madness kicks back uh, or kicks away from whatever we're doing here now um, to somewhere else. And uh, yeah, she'll be back for a bigger show later in the year, hopefully. Um, although there's going to be a significant demand for those dates now um, for all these big t- uh, Look, festivals and tech, like Coachella moving to October. You're like, what? The there's going to be a gig a week. For a long time, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also went to Wiki on Sunday, the rapper Wiki, which was wasn't that well attended um, in terms of numbers, but a uh, great gig. He's he's such Where a. Where was that on? It was in Grand Social. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. But I think the Sunday thing probably worked against him there. Yeah. I don't go to gigs on Sunday. Now I don't go to gigs any days. <laughs> it seems. I mind a Sunday gig. I love uh, a Friday gig. Oh, uh, best. Hate a Saturday gig. Really? Yeah. What? This I, is this is this is the woman who wants to have a, a nightclub over before eleven o'clock so she go home. Uh, yeah, <laughs> closed at eleven. Um, to say as well, if you are out and about this Sunday, I have an interview with Soccer Mommy in the Sunday Business Plus magazine, so you can read that if you want. But not physically out and about. I was like, you're a no, public you, interview. No, people are. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what? No, if people are out and about, they can buy the paper. Yeah, if you go which, to shops, if, if you, you go, go to the shops, you can get a newspaper. Uh, no, being out doesn't always mean out and about. being social. On the town. On the town. Yeah, if you find yourself in shops, if you've run out of your 25 rolls of toilet paper between now and then. Um, yeah, that's in the Business Post this weekend if you want to read that. And I think my lethal dialect review is going to be on the Journal of Music over the next couple of days. Just Very good. Plug those, why not? Any podcasts you've been listening to otherwise? Um, listening to, I've actually just been listening to the um, the new podcast, The Vulture Club, um, from Sophie White and Jen O'Dwyer, who do The Creep Dive and who do Mother of Pod. It's part of the Rogue Rogue Network. Collective, yeah. Rogue Collective, who do brilliant stuff, and you should absolutely sign up to them. Um, they're they're great. I was actually on a panel. Um, for lyric for a show on lyric fm on one of the days this week and um sophie white was there so i got to meet her and say i've been listening to all of your podcasts forever so and she was very nice so yeah uh vulture club's great creep dive's great mother pod is great uh if you're into listening to a podcast about motherhood that just talks about really disgusting stuff um i'm not a mom but listening to this i'm never gonna be <laughs> um might, might be good preparation yeah that's it. it no new podcast am i right in thinking serials coming back i don't know did i see that somewhere or did i dream it 
Okay, I'll, no check, idea. I'll check that and come back. Didn't see that. I've been listening to Tony Cantwell's shit show, mm-hmm. where he just talks about random things that he's, he's watched or seen or done. Basically this section of the podcast, but a whole podcast. Yeah, but sometimes it's about like being dumb, playing, okay. playing dumb. Okay. So uh, yeah, uh, it's good. I mean, so basically, that. this section of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Except for it's just him, and he's talking <laughs> sure. to himself, and he has his inner critic called Gary, okay, um, who interjects and gives out to him. Um, so we try and keep that wolf from the door when there's yeah. two people. It's probably a bit easier for that critic to come out when there's just one person talking to you. Might be like, what the fuck am I talking? Which about? might be the podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, the re- yeah, you back. can record on your phone and we'll like... Yeah, I'll send a can, statement. You can then. dial in by direct line. I yeah. Know. I don't know if I figure it out now. Um, uh, the other thing I've been watching, which I've just started watching, is The Road to Greece, Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon's so travel heard... stroke impressions show. I've heard that this season isn't as good as previous seasons. I've watched the first true? three. I mean, I guess there's I've probably watched the other ones as well. some diminishing returns in, in the fact that they're basically doing the exact same thing over but and over But I'll never again. tire of them just sitting across from each other doing impressions. Like, like I'm kind of fine the one that. I was watching last night, Rob Brydon was doing... Uh, <laughs> You know the the tiny voice he does, like the tiny uh, the, 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 t- the tiny man, yeah, yeah, tiny man in a box. But this, this time, yeah, but this time it was like a tiny toot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember which actors. Um, oh, it was in uh, was it uh, Dustin Hoffman's mouth? <laughs> so Dustin Hoffman's toot was like. Was See, if you describe, actually, I can't this, even do it. This did happen. Um, Harry described the trip to me before. He was like, "You should watch the trip. You'd love it." He described it to me, and all I heard was two white male comedians get paid a lot of money to go traveling and shoot the shit and i was like well that sounds like garbage um why why on earth do i want to watch it and then i watched it and i was like oh yeah no it is good yeah. and it has like season three has that like kind of narrative kick to it as well which i didn't hate yeah uh, okay i'll watch i'll watch the new ones um well another thing to add just uh from a personal note turns out i've now been to two of the restaurants that the uh the trip has been to so one of the ones in the third episode in greece in athens mm-hmm. uh, is on a little seaside town i was there last there year go. do you remember what you had mm, i probably can find pictures of it <laughs> it was fish it was fish okay. i had fish makes sense uh, i had it was a lovely seaside meal town. it was a lovely meal and i had lovely white wine and yeah nice decadent it was a very unique Won't room. be any of that now for the next while <sighs> no one um yeah batting down the hatches now yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, well, I guess we could still do a podcast next week. We can just figure out how we're going to do it or what we're going to do it on. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll cross that bridge. There's no gigs to talk about, but that's okay. There's still albums. There's uh, Forte has a new album out uh, tomorrow, so we could talk about that. Um, here we are doing our editorial process live at the end of the podcast. Look, everything else is falling apart. Why not the podcast? Uh, sure. You know. Well, look, lads... If this is the last time we speak, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Look, everyone just stay calm. Um, I'm very sorry to all those who've been kind of severely affected by this, but um, we're we're all in this together. And um, that is true. We'll always have music. We'll always have music. That's what I'm, unless it's live music, we don't have that. <laughs> Listen to your we'll, records. We'll always have recorded music. Perfect we'll for any music. introverts out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it from the podcast this week. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We'll hopefully see you next week. If you like what we do, patreon.com forward slash 909. Um, and we had a number of new new subscribers or members in the last week. Oh, hi Really guys. appreciate that. Hi. Thank you. 
Thanks for subscribing. We're doing the weekly things every week. Weekly things every week. Listen to me. Uh, <laughs> we're doing playlists every week. Uh, special playlists. Um, we're on number nine of the weekly playlists. Uh, I got a DJ mix to go up this week. I was going to offer discounts on gigs, but sure, I can't do that. Now. No, none of that. Um, we're doing discounts on t-shirts as well at the moment. Yep. Um, I think I gave like 50% off at the moment for t-shirts. They're good, they're good t-shirts. They're good tees. Um, yeah, so... Whatever happens, take care of yourself, wash your hands, all that stuff. Uh, have, do you have a song you've been using for 20 seconds? No. Uh, well, uh, no. I, like, I, I'm ashamed to admit that I've just been sick of my happy birthday. Um, or sometimes I just count to 20. But by the time you do all the, you know, the webbing. Oh, don't use the word <laughs> webbing again. By the time you do oh, all that. Yeah. You know, it's it's like I'm, do, I'm, I'm hitting 30 sometimes. You're I'm right. I'm going in there. It's a good solid no and then you end up yeah. just touching the you know, all the surfaces. You afterwards. saw me coming in here today. Yeah, but like what I if opened that door with my elbow. What do you do if you lock it have to lock a door? Oh they're they're my keys. No, in public. <laughs> but they're not someone else's keys. Like you just what like give your keys a little wipe. No, not your keys. No, like say a door, like a like a toilet the toilet oh, door. Oh, just use like your, your That is wrists. so no, no. It's fine. Or just put your foot up on it. <laughs> Anyway, look, look, <laughs> it'll be fine. See you next week. Yeah. Okay. We're going to leave you with a so trong song, a trong, a trong song, a song from a uh, little dialects album. This is uh, probably enough. K district. K district. Bye. Bye. Living in the K district, it's no picnic. They raise misfits who blow big clips and make hit lists. They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business. They might mistake you for a state witness. Living in the K district, it's no picnic. They raise misfits who blow big clips and make hit lists. They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business. They might mistake you for a state witness. Where we're from, they're not concerned with the political. Conservatives and liberals, the squares and then the criminals. <laughs> we were taught to keep the verbal to a minimal. Cause certain individuals be serving up medicinal. Pharmacists. Moving weight around the early is traditional. The smarter heads know that when you're earning, keep invisible. You rarely reach the pinnacle. And if you do, your underboss bumps you off. Cause business never personals the principle. Still, the younger boys swear that they're invincible. But if they study history, they learn that shit is sick. What goes around, comes around. They Say your early years are pivotal They taught me that reality's more scary than the fictional See me causing rush to the emergency and critical Over the situation you would swear was only trivial I reckon that's the reason that I'm permanently cynical Even on a date I stay aware of me peripherals Start Living in the K district, it's no picnic They raise misfits who blow big clips and make hit lists They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business They might mistake you for a state witness Living in the K district it's no picnic, they raise misfits who low big clips and make kid lists. They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business. They might mistake you for a state witness. If you can give a ball a kick, you can pick up a scholarship. But for flipping the product quick, you can pick up a sponsorship. <laughs> Me, boy, 
boy used to be bucks to bucks on the soccer pitch Now he's bossing it off the pitch Boxing pit like a botanist Then it was on the snip rock You could feel a rocker with flogger Shit is what got him rich on his wrist As I watch the Swiss Taking farther trips Hitting up round Thomas With sharpness and a mother's fit People reckon she's got him with But to me it's so obvious That it's not the chick It's his pocket that's got the solid grip On his esophagus I told him keep it anonymous Watch his lip keep a zip Then then lock the zip Cause we live in the smallest pond of fish Cockiness leads to sloppiness He said fuck it off London because I'd rather be prosperous than to live and no pot the piss okay. Told him that's his prerogative Watch a brick that the plucker twist is an orphan They bought your hip at a Robbie and copy dicks Living in the K district, it's no picnic They raise misfits who low big clips and make hit lists They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business They wait to stake it for the state witness Living in the K district, it's no picnic They raise misfits who low big clips and make hit lists They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business They might mistake it for the state witness Yeah Rest in peace Carl Willie Rest in peace Polly O'Till Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.